Welcome to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion rewatch podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, 100% trauma. I'm the rewatch half, Joe, and I'm joined by Chris. I'm the first watch half. We we both we both are covering the trauma, especially after this episode. Yo, yeah. This man, this show don't waste any fucking time though. <laughs> no. Not in any way, shape, or form. Oh, uh, we so uh you if you remember from last time, we are watching an episode together and then pretty much straight away diving into recording a podcast about it. And I pretty much the first thing I said when the credits started rolling was fuck. And <laughs> then positing that I needed time to decompress, but then I'll just do it on the show. So uh, uh, here we are talking about episode two of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which seemed to have like two subtitles. Like after the eye catch, it came back with a different one. Yeah, I was going to ask if that's a thing this show does because I was confused by that. Yeah, I didn't remember it. Um, I don't know if it's technically a different title or if it's just like, yeah, we put uh, a subtitle for this section of it in the eye catcher or what. But um, the first one was Unfamiliar Ceiling. The second one was The Beast. One of them is much better than the other. Yeah. You were, that's, the Beast was you. That was, your, that was you in wrestling, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. I, I always forget if you were the beauty or the beast because you were the no, smaller was, of the two. Yeah. And you're very I was, pretty. I was, thank you. I was the beast, which was supposed to be funny because I was like a, a little dorky wimp. But, um, <laughs> but people used to like compliment me, but also be like, well, I don't, like, it, the gimmick doesn't make any sense. You're both beauties. I was like, thank <laughs> you. But also, you're telling me that I'm not doing my job correctly. Mm. So. It's 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 hard to like intentionally subvert a gimmick and then wrestling fans are obviously not going to get it. It's like, look, I got a furry vest on like an animal, <laughs> like a beast. <laughs> it's so obvious. <laughs> uh, but we're not here to talk about Rob Matter. We're here to talk about an equally traumatized young boy. <laughs> yes. Shinji Ikari, who we pick up right where the last episode left off. Shinji is in the robot. He did it. He got in the robot. Everyone makes this big deal about him getting in the robot, but he does it right away. Uh, and things go pretty bad. <laughs> Poof. Um, so let's, before we get into the deep stuff, let's sort of, we talked about this before, laying sort of a groundwork, kind of like the big beats that happen from point A to point B. Yeah, for the heathens out there that just listen to podcasts instead of actually watching things. <laughs> you are directly calling out a dear friend of ours. And Look, I, I know other people like them exist. It's not just them. I'm calling out them and their ilk. Okay, fine. That being said... Uh, I be still want to help them out, so we can recap. Yes, we'll because uh, we'll probably bounce around a bit when we're having the, the in-depth conversation, so I think it'll be beneficial. To, uh, Did so you say in-depth conversation? This show's getting to you. I, You know what? Sometimes I just say things that sound wrong. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's just... Sometime my fucking brain have a thought, and then it comes out the mouth, and it's like, yo, Tony, with that fresh pepperoni, what up? And, like, that don't make Joe, no sense. Joe, 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 what the fuck did you <laughs> say to me? I'm I don't know what part of you thinks this is acceptable when I'm with you, I'm, but it's not, and I'm not. I'm referencing a very specific shit post, please. Okay. That being said, uh, the episode starts with Shinji the robot. He's fighting the angel. Gets pretty fucked up right away. Uh, and then it's like a hard cut from that to him in a hospital. Uh, we see Nerve sort of react to 
um, what happened. We don't really know what happened, but like we know Shinzi's alive, <laughs> and we learn that they're covering up the news of what happened, and we see Masato go and get Shinji from the hospital and then decide to uh, have him live with her instead of live alone. We <laughs> we get familiar with Masato's uh, apartment and way of living, which we'll talk about. And then Shinji seems to flash back or relive what, uh, what actually happened um, after the robot got fucked up where it hard cut away. And um, then... Uh, that's 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 pretty much it, cause uh, it ends with that with Masato saying goodnight after that happens. Yeah, she tells him that he he did he did good, he did a good thing that day and should be proud. And we will get into that. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get into the how how heavy literally everything is immediately in this episode, but but that's that's sort of the the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, you could like maybe pass an English exam based on that. If if you were taking an English class and you studied Neon Genesis Evangelion and they cared about the plot beats <laughs> I would... of episode two, <laughs> the beast and or uh, unfamiliar ceilings, good luck on getting that answer right because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> unfamiliar ceiling shows up first. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like I said, it's better. So, mm-hmm. uh, But we will. Oh, there's so much. Where I was going to say, where do you want to start? Like we don't start at the beginning. <laughs> but. How do you feel about that first fight overall? Uh, I I fucking love it. I love 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 it. Love it's is fucking great. Love is an interesting term. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I will admit that uh, for that section of the show, it was less like my my empathy for Shinji was turned off, and I was more just appreciating the storytelling. It hasn't happened. Ha- yeah, it hadn't happened yet. We were just like like it's it's weird too because like. We we didn't really talk about the opening last time, and there's not much to say beyond, like, fucking Cruel Angel's thesis slaps. It's uh, also a gorgeous opening. But then, like, when it immediately starts up and you just watch these really cool robot fights, it's very easy to just be like, I'm watching a really cool robot fight right now. Yeah, and I, and I was taking, like, particular, like, notice of, of just, like, how well they were doing to establish the, the challenge that's ahead of Shinji and all the other characters. Like, the fact that they immediately make a big deal out of the fact that he's walking. Like, and when then you, he fucks when you, it up. Right. And then so, like, already you're like, oh, damn, like, how is this poor kid who just got thrown into all this supposed to actually fight this, like, unbeatable monster that the entire military can't defeat mm-hmm. if walking is, like, a huge, like, impediment? Like, if that's going to be a big thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, It's, yeah, like, they, they make such a big deal about only you can do it, Shinji. And that's, that's a sentence to unpack. But only you can do it. This is so vital, and then he gets in it, and they force this 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid into this giant robot, and then when it actually happens, they're like, oh man, he took a step, we might have a chance. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> which is which is great, because, like, it either, like, one, shows you that just, like, even if things are going great, it's gonna be hard, and then mm-hmm. also, the other way is, like, they were putting on such a show to get him there, and they're like, Oh, thank God he's doing it, but also that still might not be enough. Like we needed to get him like like you're you're the one, rah rah, but like now that he's actually doing it, it might not actually work out. Yeah, there's a there's a line way later on where Masato says that in that moment she was thinking of Shinji as a tool, and that's like one a a thing to talk about. But two, uh I it's very telling too of just like all this lip service that is essentially just 
hey, you're the person who can pilot this robot, so you're going to do it. And then, like, making it making it seem like some sort of moral obligation. Yeah. Beyond the fact of just, like, oh, man, he walked. Like, and you're you're freaking out about the fact that he could walk, showing clearly how little thought you put into this kid's well-being and doing this. Yeah. Yeah, you really did not anticipate him winning this. If you're surprised he can take a step. But you still so then, put like, him yeah, in the robot. That's, that's a weird question then, I guess. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really like fully like wrapped my mind around that. So like were they just like that's weird. They're just like, he's our only hope, get in there and go lose. <laughs> like You're our only hope and like that one hope has like a one percent chance. Or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Also, I, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's a line in a, in a bit, uh, or at the end of the episode, actually, um, is a little more telling than that, but I, I won't bring it up now. Um, well, I guess I could. You could go for it. Uh, but at, at the end, when we're seeing what actually happened, uh, in the fight, I didn't actually say at all what happened when I was doing the earlier recap, but um, the Eva. Uh, Masato refers to it as going berserk, but it, it kind of moves on its own. Like Shinji seems yeah. to be completely disconnected from it. And as soon as that happens, uh, Gendo's assistant, like food, I, we still don't know his name, but it starts with an F. Um, I think it's like Friyatsuki or something. I apologize for not knowing. But uh, as soon as that happens, it cuts to them, and he's like, "It looks like we've won." And then we watch the rest of the fight. Like, um, yeah. I, I think that does a little bit of telling of like what Gendo thought was gonna happen and how, what we've already seen about the eva moving on its own for shinji oh yeah, yeah yeah not to not to lead what the show is doing for you but um for the for the sake of the discussion on the show like um that does happen and and right away where they they draw attention to um oh, okay it's moving on its own now we got this <laughs> yeah i mean that makes sense even from like you know like future events aside like it does make sense that um if they saw that like he had this potential connection with the thing it makes sense where they would think that that might happen so like, mm -hmm. yeah that checks out yeah but at what cost yeah that could be the title of this show <laughs> but at what cost but at what cost but yeah so that that opening uh sequence beyond just saying like fuck this show is, is gorgeous uh and and really well animated these these robot or robot monster fights um yeah the the angel snaps the Eva's wrist. And it's so fucking so, gruesome. They get so real so fast. I like like audibly was like, holy shit. Yeah. So, like <laughs> it's just like this poor boy. Yeah, yeah. Like not, not not so yeah, so not only um does like you the visual of the of the Eva's wrist getting snapped yeah. look visceral. Like the way it's it, so it dangles a little too realistically. You also you also see Shinji sort of react like his arm is being snapped. Well, no, it is like they like they physically like the animations like you can see the arm being like, like oh, yeah. twisted as if there's like an invisible hand on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that snapping the arm was fucking unreal gnarly. Yeah, and that's what like episode or uh, like minute three <laughs> or some I, shit. It might even be quicker. It literally felt like it happened like almost immediately. It's so good. Because it's just like if we, in case we forgot last week. Actually, I think this takes it to an even further level than last week did. But like, just like it's like, oh, like you're gonna be scared of these things. Like the, oh, these yeah. monsters are like legit. Like they are not to be fucked with. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, if if you if you've seen a bunch of things where it's like, yeah, the monster like destroys the tanks or whatever, and they try to bomb it, but it doesn't work. Like you've not seen it where it's like the hero's there and just instantly gets wrecked like that. Yeah. 
And, and it's interesting because earlier you were talking about like how it sets this tone of like how big the challenge is in front of them, which like I think in, yeah. a, in any other shonen, you, you see that, that kind of stuff too, right? Where like they have a really hard time, but they pull it off somehow or something helps and you get that like, all right, they're going to they're going to grow into this fucking well they're gonna like grow like that's just the shonen thing right like you're gonna get stronger you're gonna get better and this show doesn't give that at any point it just kind of like he gets fucked up and then he wakes up in a hospital that's it yeah i mean i guess they kind of do in a way later give you that though in like the sort of like non-chronological order of it because then it goes back and shows how like he actually did in a way end up winning the fight but like because you're what you're saying is like I i think the way that they deliver uh the the rest of the fight all the context around it i would say no it doesn't do that um but fin- finish your thought before i talk well, about well i it. just mean in the in the sense of like as a viewer you are then shown like okay like even if he weren't to rise to the occasion which you feel like generally in fiction he's going to this robot is capable of doing this on its own through its connection to him or maybe just on its own in general like that was the thing i was thinking too is like the the Ava fighting on its own is such a badass. It's like, why even need Shinji? But like, um, you know, I guess maybe that happens because he's in there and it wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of funny to like get the little kid in there and it's like the second that kid is like no longer in control, it just like owns. Like it's just it's so just effective. Completely destroys the angel. You brought up an interesting yeah. point about how like uh the the angel very quickly is like something to be scared of. Yeah. And and like yeah, like you, you we talked about the on the last episode where like it, it feels heavier than watching a monster just decimate military like you see in like a Godzilla movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um just because like it's not it's not really delivered in this pulpy action flick way. It's it's very intentionally eerie. Um and then seeing it again with uh mercilessly destroying this fourteen year old kid in a giant robot and then hard cut to him in a hospital. Right, and I, I think, too, that just, like, in general, I'll speak, like, definitely for myself, and I also think kind of just everyone, like, people in general, I think it's so much more effective to show something like that in a one-on-one encounter with, like, a, another person than it is to show them, like, destroying buildings. Like, I feel like our brains can easier latch onto mm-hmm. and care about, like, two people clashing as opposed to, like, one thing destroying whole areas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There, like, there's still, like, a level of stakes, I think, where, like, you just, like, you you probably wouldn't even really need to do it. Like the, I think at this point with um the way media is consumed, people can kind of just assume like, all right, the bad guy's bad. I don't really like, you can just say that it destroyed a bunch of buildings. And and I really, I don't think we see the angel do a lot of destruction. Like I think we see no. like, the, like roughly the, the right amount. And it makes it even creepier, honestly, because like it, it then looks like, well, what is this thing's motivation? If it is just going to stand there and be scary until something challenges it, that's, that's yeah, like, what is more... it after? Yeah, exactly. I think that's way cooler than just like it's stomping around, it's mm-hmm. angry, like so. Yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, like it, it doesn't really feed into that like ah mindless destruction, and then we stop it. Like right. that's a, a typically a, a questionable uh, theme to 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 unpack in media. But um, so what I like is this setup of the angel being this terrifying thing that Shinji loses to in a matter of like a minute, and then uh, he spends this day internalizing it and his life is changing yeah. so much and then at the end of that his day and the episode he reflects he relives it and the eva unit on its own that shinji was inside of and 
you know, to who knows to what extent experiencing is way scarier than the angel. Yeah. Not even just like, oh yeah, the robot can beat it up and it's on the good guy's side, so it's fine. It it, it is like viscerally brutal back to the angel. It's like grabbing inside its chest and tearing it open and you see like this blue blood go over and it pulls a bone out of its chest and beats this gym with it and then the the angel envelops and, and also that that fight is also gorgeous looking um yep the the moment where like the the ava like crushes i forget if it's like the the angel's hands or arm and like it just like crushes it in its fist and like the blue blood like spurts out oh I was yeah like, this is so dope the eva does the same thing back it crushes the angel's wrist after regenerating its own by the way and that's kind of glossed yeah. over that it just fucking yeah. fixes itself which I was like confused if if that is it only applied to itself or if it applied to Shinji's arm as well because he's in the hospital so presumably like well they said no external injuries that's why I was confused so it mm-hmm. must also affect him right I don't know um I, I th- it was like not clear yeah the thing with like one I spent a long time since I've watched this show and the again like the little nitty gritty details aren't the things that I remember uh but as far as like typical shonen I have to wonder like. A lot, a lot of shonen does this thing where, like, the, the, the body, like, the human body isn't actually hurt, even if you feel it. Like, you have this connection with the robot, and you feel like your arm is being crushed, but, like, in, unless the cockpit takes damage, your arm isn't actually crushed. Mm. And some shonen plays that really interestingly. It kind of is just kind of like a, a, just a thing that gets glossed over so far at this. I'm not, I don't remember a lot with what they do with LCL and Shinji's connection in that way. yeah. I guess I just read it as literally because of, like I said, the thing on his arm. Like, there's there's very mm-hmm. visibly, like, like force being applied to his real arm. Yeah, it flashes by pretty quick. So if you caught that, I believe you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember where we were before. Got, we got on, it, like, various tangents. Well, we were just kind of talking about how, how quickly the, the fight happens, which I thought mm-hmm. also tied into what we talked about last week, where it's, like, kind of subverting the, like, expectations of, like, oh, like, you're going to get... Like, like last week, it's like, you don't get like the fight at all. And this time it's like, like you're getting action and he's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. And then it, and then it comes back and it's the same way. Yeah. And, it, and it's really framed as this traumatic experience at, at the, at, at the end of the fight, the Ava sort of envelops sh- uh, the Eva uh, explodes, like self-destructs and the Eva the angel does. Yes. The angel does. And the Eva is still standing. And then like everything around it is orange, like post explosion Masato in the headquarters mentions like is this the eva's true form um and then after the eva is like back in nerve we see it in what's like sound like a maintenance bay or whatever um we don't really see very much of it at this point it's just like you can tell it's inside of the facility and you see the helmet like hit the ground shinji looks out um like what and then sees like a reflection or some sort of visual of just like we saw like a a frame of it in the last episode and I didn't mention it because it wasn't relevant in in that conversation but we see that shot a little bit longer and it's uh I don't even know what you describe it did you play did you ever play Amnesia the Dark Descent uh very very little um the thing that chases you in that is just kind of this weird monster with a weird face it, this reminds me of that um and then like you see an eye sort of manifest on it and open and you see, like, it stare at Shinji, and Shinji stare back, and then he, he screams, um, which is a, an iconic scream, I would say. Uh, and then it, that also hard cuts um, to, to Shinji in bed, because uh, he is, like, 
reliving it or thinking about it. And then heart like that, and that's when Masato opens the door and says, "You did a brave and good thing. You should be proud of yourself." Like after he has relived this trauma or thought about it. Yeah. So there's that. That's the 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 robot talk, um, mostly. Yeah. So so the robot has like flesh and it's terrifying mm-hmm. and it's got an eye and my notes like when it was like when they were like when shinji and like the the disgusting robot head thing were like making eye contact i literally my notes just say what in the fuck what in the fuck yeah yeah that i didn't remember them showing that much so early uh in terms of like hinting at the eva being something more than a robot I didn't remember that being in fucking episode two. I didn't remember it. Like when I saw a frame of it in episode one, I was like, damn, okay, <laughs> that's good. Uh, because I yeah. obviously knew, I know what it's hinting towards, but seeing the scene in, in uh, episode two, regardless of really how it's interpreted, it's uh, heavy and interesting. <laughs> um, is there any, yeah. is there anything else like from the fight really to talk about again? And then we can sort of like switch into like the, the just Shinji time. I mean, to just keep complimenting the the show's like animation and style and mm-hmm. stuff. The shot where where Shinji takes his first step in the Ava, and like you see on the ground level, like on the street, like the phone booth cracks. It's so satisfying. Oh yeah, those little details uh, do a lot. Yeah, the score also the especially in the second half of the fight at the end of the episode, just like that. Yeah, the that guitar tone is just like, oh, this shreds. I know I don't like. I I'm simultaneously excited and not excited. You know, it's like, oh, this this robot fight is so cool and I love watching it. But damn, don't I know the implications like. Yeah. Can you explain to me what an AT field is? Yeah, that's pretty glossed over. Um, And it, I, I think these next several episodes will like be Shinji really learning about what's actually about fighting angels okay. and stuff. Well, in that case, if they're going to explain it, you don't got to. Yeah, it's just like an energy field like like they pretty much do enough to say like, oh, that's an AT field. The robot can't get through now, and then it does. Like it grabs it and tears it open, and they're like, "That's fucking wild!" Like, it, yeah. so all it really does is set it up as like this, um, big big deal, pretty much. And then, if I remember right, it like creates its own too, right? Uh, I th- I think the AT field and the Eva's defense thing is similar, but I didn't catch every okay. single line of dialogue there's a lot happening in those it scenes really where people is. are yelling yeah. about whatever so like my brain's like frantically trying to cue it that was the thing mm-hmm. too is like i'm taking notes this time unlike last time and i was just like holy shit i don't even have time to take notes and my fingers are flying like like just like it's there was so, so much going quick. on when we got to minute nine i was convinced the episode was like three-fourths over yeah because it's just so it, dense it, the, the show moves very quickly in, in a way that i super like. like i can totally see that being averse to someone um and like even uh like even if I wasn't taking notes, it's taking a lot of my attention. <laughs> um Yeah. The show has like a perfect this is a thing we used to say in, in uh wrestling training, but it's it has the perfect pace in that it's quick but doesn't hurry. Mm. Yeah. That's a really good phrase. Yeah, fucking shouts out to Merrick Brave, but uh <laughs> But yeah, because like it, it's very, it, it 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 flies along, but it takes its time and makes sure that nothing is being like skimped over or like mm-hmm. um or like blown. Like it's every moment is what it needs to be, but those moments are are coming at you uh in a in a very uh quick fashion. Yeah, I, I think Eva has some absolutely brilliant pacing as a show. Um, and, yeah. and like these first two episodes, I think highlight it pretty well. Um, in terms of just like like even like the 
there's a couple scenes in this episode that like we talked before about how stuff happens really quickly in the first episode and in this episode i feel like it it somehow heard us and said ha 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 that's nothing because then you get like what feels like 30 images in a second flashing yep yeah i'm a big fan you you kind of tipped me off last week that that's like a, a motif of this show is mm-hmm. like the the really rapid cutting and I, i'm a big fan of it it, it it really does a good job of conveying because it's always in this context where it's like like uh near the end of the episode shinji goes to take a bath in masada's apartment and, he, and he's like i keep saying masada's apartment even though like like she does this job to say like this is your home now and he doesn't really connect with it um but yeah he he's like bad thoughts always seem to find me when i'm in when i'm in the bath and you get like this like just assault of these images that are like it really evokes the uh, the thing of like suddenly just like sneaking up on you like like if i i don't know if i i was i was talking earlier about like um not really talking about triggers but about how like sometimes i don't know if something's going to bother me until it does Mm-hmm. And like this really feels like a really good representation of just like whoops now I'm gone like it's just like immediately everything's there at once. Yeah, I uh, I heard you like react to that moment. Unfortunately, I missed it because of taking notes. Mm. But uh... ha- there, there's a very similar one at the end uh, when when he's like I think right before we see the rest of the robot fight. Okay. Yeah, I think the only thing I'm a bigger fan of in the show than like the the real quick cuts is like the hard cuts there's already it's we're two episodes in and there's already been four where i was like i'm gonna remember that for like ever yeah and like and like when it has that really quick pace i think the really long shots are like so more powerful as a result yes 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 and like the show is is incredible at using um silence and quiet Mm -hmm. there's um there's the the volume in general yeah there's a silent wide shot of uh, masato coming to get shinji uh and then, like, the shots that follow with his dad, too. But, like, particularly, there's one just lingers. It's, like, it's from far away, and, like, they're silhouetted, and, like, Shinji... I think it's, like, the hospital, like, like a, like a lobby, like a waiting area, maybe? Yeah, he's, like, the um, only person there, and it's just a long shot yeah. of him sitting there. He's sitting, and she's standing, and it just sits there, and it's so good. Yeah, there's, there's a lot... There's a, uh, a strong theme in this episode of Shinji feeling out of place and lonely. Um, and, all, yeah. and, like, all of that really contributes to it. The, um... The color and the lighting in all of the shots in the hospital, too. They're, yeah, they're so bleak. Yeah, they're, they were really effective in, in setting the mood for that as well. This show's just fucking really good at that in general. Mm-hmm. The, the bits with, like, the... I think they're, like, the nerve people where, like, they're, like, in the dark, but, like, they're all, like, kind of depicted in different colors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the fucking board meeting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we briefly... Go figure, in a show about, like, robots snapping each other's wrists, mm-hmm. we skipped over the board meeting, yeah. but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I briefly talked about at the, in, in like, sort of the, the cliff notes about uh, Nerve is covering it up, but we kind of see a little bit of them talking about things, and I actually do want to make sure I talk about this for a second, because it's this, I don't think they name the, the group or the, or the board meeting by any way, but they are talking about the the event and they're actually like talking about like budgeting shit they're like i don't know if we can yeah. do all of this which is like weirdly real um but as they're doing it and, and gendo is there shinji's dad abraham lincoln he's there <laughs> and uh they're specifically talking to him and they're like you know this this project this they say like this toy that you gave to your son which is um interesting uh but the they're like i don't know if we can keep making this work they make a point to say that instrumentality, there's this thing called instrumentality or the instrumentality project that should be his top priority. 
and that should maintain his top priority despite the angels beginning to attack again. And uh, they tell him, all right, now we're going to have this meeting without you. Then it goes down to just him and one person at the board meeting. Like they, they just fade into the dark. Like it's, it, I think it's represented as some sort of like, they're not really there. It's visualized. Yeah. Like a, yep. like a star Wars hologram meeting sort of thing. Yeah. You've seen it before. Yeah. And uh, they, when they're having this one-on-one conversation, he, he just sort of puts against stress. Like, you know, you know what you're supposed to be doing. And then he fades away. And then Gendo by himself, roughly like, I understand mankind has no time left, which is like, okay, we're just going to drop that <laughs> in this conversation yep. um, and keep going. And fucking, it was episode two. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like just, just sort of like, all right, there's this thing called instrumentality that Gendo has. Mankind has no time left. I wonder if we're going to deal with that. Uh, robots. And that's, 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 uh, that, and then like we cut to Masato watching TV as, um, Ritsuko. I remembered her name. Ritsuko is like doing like some other work. There's like robot stuff behind her. I think it's like, re- like recovery of, uh, Eva parts or angel something. There's like, uh, you know, have you seen Spider-Man homecoming? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the beginning of that movie I don't know why this is, like, the cultural reference I have, but the beginning of that movie, you see, like, the people of New York sort of, like, picking up parts uh, after the events of Avengers 1. So, like, there's this alien attack, and they just completely fuck up the city and destroy these aliens, and uh, the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming shows, like, people working to clean up and, like, um, collect these alien parts and put it together, and it's kind of understated. But this, this is kind of that same thing where they're just, like... You know, like the literal work afterwards, like, all right, we got to clean uh, like the, this destruction up and do something with this whatever's left of this angel. We don't see if there's anything left up after it explodes, uh, but they're moving around Eva parts and some other stuff. We don't see much of it. It's kind of just like a backdrop, um, but that's happening. Masato is watching the news and every channel is the same thing of them. Uh, I don't even I didn't really even write, pay attention to what they were describing it as. I just immediately caught because Masato says, oh, they're doing something, something number 22 and, and talking about how like how casually they're covering up and like how this probably should be, be a big deal. But also she's pretty casual while she's having this conversation with Ritsugo. Like she's not actually upset or outraged right. by any means. So that happens somewhere in the in the first half before she goes to get Shinji. And then, yeah, everything in the hospital, we uh, Shinji sees Ray. um, sort of like go oh, yeah go. i forgot about that it, it happens for like a second she he's looking yeah. out the window uh a cart gurney thing comes by he looks at her she's on it there's this long shot of him just like looking as you hear the sound getting farther away um and i mm-hmm. love that shot i don't know why uh of just like really close on his face at this weird angle and one of his eyes is like out of the frame and it just like very slowly zooms out and it lasts like seven eight seconds um i don't know why i always think like man that shot fucking rules i don't it just like really sets a tone it's yeah the it's it's very evocative like every other frame in this thing (laughs) we like this show yeah well yeah that's the thing it's like it's gonna be hard i'm gonna try not to just like repeat this like every week but like the 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 combination of the visuals and sound are delicious joe absolutely like it's so good like even even if i wasn't um, digging the things they're doing like thematically and with characters and story and stuff like just to watch and listen to it is mm-hmm. like such a pleasure but but i am enjoying the the story and the characters and and whatever so that's a great plus 
Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of little things that kind of get peppered in throughout the rest of the episode of just like, you know, Shinji's in the hospital, Masato goes to get him. Uh, there's a shot in the hospital before they leave, actually, where they go to the elevator. And as it gets to them, the doors open, Gindo is in it, and Shinji looks at him, looks away. They wait for the elevator to close and then take like the escalator instead. Yeah, which we get we get another cool elevator shot because that's like the yeah the other staple of this show. Yeah, they really like they they put that threshold of the elevator right in the middle of the shot to like just like in case you didn't know there was like so much distance between them emotionally. We will show you this way. Yeah, because that's when they're talking about how like uh, it's like I think it's I think they say like, I think it's natural for the two of them to live apart, referring yeah. to Shinji and his dad, mm-hmm. um, which Masato does not understand. Yeah. So is like, why would that be the case? Yeah. Uh, he's a kid, and that's his dad. Yeah, it's real sad. It sure is. Uh, and it's weird, too, because, like, we, I feel like already we're just, like, Shinji will be happier alone. And, like, he even basically says, like, uh, they, they're giving, um, she's talking to someone in this room, which kind of looks like where the board meeting was, but, like, there's, like, a glass floor beneath them, and they can see the, like, city below them. And... It's a very short shot and not really focused on, but uh, or the far as far as like where the room is, they're giving like um him a, like a housing uh assignment or something, and she's like alone. You're putting him alone, and he's like, and Shinji's like, yeah, that's you know I'm fine alone. Like I I would I think I prefer that. And then Masato sort of takes it on herself to say like actually you're you're gonna live you're gonna live with me. Like she's deciding what's best for him. Yeah. Uh, she tells that to Ritsuko, who yells at her for it. Uh, Misato makes a very inappropriate joke. I don't know how you interpreted that, um, or if you have any feelings about it. What was the joke? Because I remember, like, um, I, I felt like, just remind me, refresh me on that scene. Uh, she's, she's talking very casually to Ritsuko on the phone about it. Of just like you can, and I don't know exactly what Ritsuko's saying. I don't remember. Probably something about like, are you sure it's a good idea to have a kid with you, or, or the responsibility, or whatever. Masato. Oh, when she's like, I'm not gonna like put moves on him. Yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. Ritsuko like lays into her, and uh, Masato's yeah. like, "Gee, she can't take a joke." And it's just like that's weird. And then like, I think that paired with how friendly she ends up actually being is weird. Um, yeah, she, she's very overly friendly when, uh, we, we talked about how the, the next time on, um, like the, what's, there's a word for it. Like, like there's a very specific word for like the teaser at the end of the episode, but, uh, it always, the both, both times now it's ended with, oh yeah, there'll be fan service next time. And it's in Masato's voice. There's a couple shots. She specifically says, I will give you fan service. And in this one, I will give you fan service too. Like I, I get, I, I'll, I'll, yeah, basically saying I'll do it again. Yeah. It's just very weird to like address it from the characters of the audience. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> observation there. Uh, it's gross. <laughs> it is. It, it it is. And and there's a couple shots in this episode where it uh like it is kind of weirdly long and and posed on like a breaster, but yep. both both times it I don't know if I'm projecting or connecting dots, but it it feels like it's intentionally uncomfortable, and it might be because like Shinji in the frame is uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I guess I like still read it as like th- them just doing the thing. Mm. Like I didn't read it. It, it, it as... kind of. I. I would say it's probably a little bit of both. Like, ah, uh, we're doing the thing and making it suck, but you're also still doing the thing. 
I just like I just feel like when when you're directly stating at the end of the episode like hey come around for the boobs and butt like you can't be like oh they're subjective they're like they're subverting it. I'm it's not like, saying I feel they're like... really subverting it so much as I'm saying like sure they're doing it and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just yeah I I didn't I didn't read it as as a like intentionally making you feel like uncomfortable with it, mm-hmm. but I like I could I could see where you could see that. Yeah. There, I, I, again, like, I'm, I'm coming to this with, like, knowing where the show ends up. Um, so I'm yeah. sort of, like, how much of it was, how, how much of the themes that the show ends on were uh, intentionally um, sort of compacted into the setup for things. Um, yeah. And, and having that conversation without just being like, hey, this is what the show does, Chris. Hey, I'm telling you what the sure, show yeah, does. yeah, don't tell me, yeah, don't tell um, me that. And that's, and that's the thing, I was kind of like... It feels bad. I don't know if that's just me. If they if they wanted it to be legitimate fan service, um, but either way, it's like I don't like this. Yeah, this is and, weird. And, and regardless yeah. of what they wanted to evoke, this is what I feel. Is yeah, it's really just that one shot because like, and this is another reason I'm like a little inquisitive of it is because like there is a scene with with Masato in the bath, and that's not super sexualized you don't think so i thought it was i didn't i mean she's in the bath i, I she's yeah, a, like, like a they, she's, she's designed as a very like attractive large breasted woman and she's in a bathtub <laughs> she has cleavage but i don't i don't feel like she was like I, I don't feel like it was as put in the middle of the frame and uh stressed the way the one was before where she leaned over the table at shinji yeah, it's definitely less stressed, but I think it's still, I still read it that way, mm. especially the one where, like, and granted, it was a cool shot where it's, like, the vertical over, but it also did feel like, here's your chance to stare down the cleavage. Like, oh. Maybe I'm just, like, like, so not paying attention to it that I'm just, like, yeah. that's nothing because I just don't clock it. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, 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 it's less, like, the whole point of the shot in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't want to give the show credit for being better than it is when it comes to that stuff because I know the show, like, uh, the show has like a sort of a very complicated situation where it's like some of the stuff represented sucks, even if it's doing it to make some sort of poignant point about the way what it's showing is consumed. Um, uh-huh. It's still showing it, um, and it's like I, I, I'm simultaneously like. I think what it's doing it is interesting, and I'm still critical of what I'm looking at in, in a way. A lot of, uh, when we released the pilot for this, I think one of my favorite responses was, I'm interested in revisiting this because I have so many complicated feelings, and I'm like, me too! And I think, I think getting it yeah. fresh, like, top to bottom, and then also having your experience with it is something I'm super interested in. Yeah, hell yeah. Which, like, even if it's like, hey, I think the thing that the show does well is, is really good, and then also it has all these missteps. Um, like that's a valid experience and like but i don't honestly like i don't hold it against it like that strongly it's far from alone in the genre you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. well yeah that's 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 the thing like other 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 shonen would be so much more worse about it the the, even the fact that they that they announce in the thing and maybe this will be me giving them too much credit so so anyone feel free to check me but Mm -hmm. it almost does feel like too the fact that they deliberately announce it at the end of an episode Mm -hmm almost feels like they feel like they have to steer into it yeah I, yeah that's the thing it's like i'm hard to say like is, are they steering into it is it a bit because like when you watch this sh- like like this episode where uh, primarily it's like shinji's traumatized you're re- like going through all the stuff 
visceral robot fight. Masato has a butt and leans over a table for one bit. And then they're like, all right, next time there'll be even more fan service. And it's like, is there though? Like, that's clearly not the show that. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, like, like I, you know, who knows like what the motivation is behind including mm-hmm. that. But I could, I could see it being a thing because the, the, while it's part of the show, it's such a small part of it that I could almost see someone like, you know, being like, hey, like, you're making a heady ass thing with our robot show. You better tell them they can still see anime boobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, certainly. That is. Uh, as, like a, as more of like a marketing yeah. thing than an actual like artistic intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean sometimes. But who like, knows? I, I I almost think it's possible to be both. Like I think yeah, it definitely you, is. You can be told, "Hey, sell it in this way," and then you sort of write your story around a way that f- contextualizes that and frames that it's not good. Um, yeah, which I don't know. Pre finishing this rewatch, if I would prescribe that to Evangelion at all. Yeah, I'll be interested with, with what you're saying. I'll be interested to see if my feelings change on it, mm-hmm. like, based on where it goes. Yeah, there's, yeah, Evangelion's a lot. Is there, uh, what, what, what else is there really to, like, we didn't talk much about Masato's apartment, but it's just, like. I have lots of thoughts on Masato's she, apartment. Masato really feels like, like, to oversimplify her uh, and not dig into how she gets to this point. When you when we first meet her, um, we talked about last time how she seemed like weirdly childish and casual for her age, and then she called out Shinji for being weirdly serious for his age. Uh-huh. Get them living together in this apartment, and she's like, you know, there's trash everywhere. She just eats junk food and drinks beer. She's overly friendly with this uh, 14-year-old who's like clearly super introverted and uh, not adjusted to the environment. Um, and I, I really, I wrote down, um, the one I wrote down, Shinji feels like a guest in the place that is being told is his home. And, uh, she, she, she seems like this, uh, like a caricature of what a kid thinks they're going to do when they become an adult. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I can see that. Mm. But yeah, tell me, tell me your thoughts about, um, that sort of sequence. Oh, they're just like, like fun stuff. Like I, I wrote down this music in the apartment whips ass. <laughs> um, so exclusively <laughs> good feelings from Chris. Oh, <laughs> uh, pretty much. Although, although I also wrote down that chore split didn't look fair. I don't know if you were looking at that that little board where she wrote up. Here's how we're going to divide the labor. It looked like there was one name a lot more than the other. I name. didn't actually look at the names because they were doing like Rochambeau for it. Yeah, I couldn't tell which name was which, but one of them had a lot more chores than the other, <laughs> so I took note of that. Um. But we're 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 dodging around the most important thing in this whole episode, oh, Joe. Yeah. Which was we're cock- a fucking penguin. Clocking in at minute fifty, pin pin is here, motherfucker. A fucking penguin, Joe. Yeah, pin pin. There's just Everyone's- a penguin walking out of the shower with a towel on. Everyone's favorite character, the one character who doesn't. He's mine too. Pin pin, the one character in Evangelion who's never done anything wrong. Yeah, I was like, if I wasn't already on board, like, they've got me forever now. I'm in the bag. If there's a penguin walking around with a towel, like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he's great. Um, Shinji goes to take a bath, uh, gets uh, surprised by a penguin in the door, and then goes out to yell at Masato, still naked. Uh, hey, why is there there's a penguin why in is there? there a fucking penguin? And the penguin comes out and just, like, death glares Shinji. And, like, opens a door in the fridge that leads to, like, I'm assuming, like, a freezer hangout space. And he's just like, I live here, motherfucker. 
which I love. That the the glare the penguin gives him is almost as scary as the one that Ava does. It's yeah, a little <laughs> penguin little is, is giving him the the eyes. It's 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 aggressive. Um, and then Masato says, "Oh yeah, it's Pin Pin. That's your other roommate." I don't think Pin Pin's on the chort wheel. No. No. You, good luck getting that fucker to do anything he don't want to do. Motherfucking freeloading penguin out here. Uh, I would let him first of all because he's a penguin. <laughs> Second, because that glare is that's scary. Like, that's like me calling my cats roommates, and just being yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, there's this entire part of the house is yours, and I will clean it. But we're roommates. Yeah, but that's how it goes. Mouse gets. And, what when, mouse I, and wants. when I go out of town, I ask a friend, "Hey, can you check in on my roommate sometimes and like <laughs> give them some food, flush their toilet? Like they just Yo, some can't take care require of that." Ugh. Some roommates need that. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a there's a bit that that really killed me too with uh with the moment you mentioned where he comes out naked and like they do like the thing you've seen a million times in like you know Austin Powers or whatever where it's like the object is perfectly covering the. I dick love that and, like, Austin uh, Powers is your fucking touchstone. <laughs> of course it is, but uh, but like I think it's like the beer can that's originally there covering it gets moved and then it's like a little like jar. But, like, there's a text overlay that just says toothpicks, mm -hmm. like, over the jar. Yeah. And that was super funny to me. Like, not only, like, the way that it was, just the fact that they thought they needed to label it, mm -hmm. but also just, like, the there's something really funny about the way the text actually looked like toothpicks was capitalized, and then just, like, the rest of the, the word just plays out mm -hmm. like normal. There's no, like, quotations. There's no stylization. Toothpicks. It looks like, like, Times New Roman, just toothpicks written <laughs> over the jar. Was that a was that like a sub on top of it or was it on the jar like animated? It was it was like a sub on top of it. Okay, yeah, and that's weird. Masato's pretty casual about it, which is like it's played comedically, and I'm like, should I be uncomfortable about this? Yeah, I mean, like the the whole thing seems to be like she's got a weird relationship with this child. Yep, they don't. Uh, yeah, they they do that pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't anticipate that going anywhere good. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I will say okay to you and not talk about it yep. anymore. Yep. Um yeah. But yeah, that's it's it's very unsubtle like that she's like super friendly. There's actually a, there's another scene too that I echoes what we talked about at the end of the last episode where Shinji's sort of like seeming uncomfortable at the at the uh quote unquote dinner table, the collection of snacks and beer table um where she is like I don't remember the context or why she says it, but she's like, come on, aren't you, like, a, a man or a boy or something? Um, and she, like, yeah. that's when she, like, goes over the table and she, like, rubs his head uh, super aggressively. And it's just, like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot in a way that I think this show makes it, like, is trying to tell you it's a lot in a way a lot of other shows would do it and not tell you or normalize it. And maybe, again, I'm giving Evangelion a lot of credit. It's hard for me to figure out what I think about that because, like, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, they're appealing to the young boy's, like, fantasy of, like, you get to live with this older, attractive woman and she's, like, giving you all this attention and, like, whatever. And, like, and they're like, like uh-oh, like, now you're both, like, in situations where, like, you're, like, sharing a bathroom and, like, she sees you naked and whatever. And, but, like, but like you do bring up a good point that, like, he's clearly not enjoying that or taking any pleasure in that. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of a thing. But, like, there's also a line in there that made me kind of, like, read into that more, like, they're kind of trying to maybe sell a fantasy in that, like, she says, like, I forget the exact wording, but it's, like, you can use anything in this place, like, 
the, yeah, the, 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 the phrasing in the subtitle is take advantage of anything here. Yes. Yeah. Which feels to me like that includes me. And like, I got a similar read. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it is kind of like this fantasy that, a, a that, a a young male watcher would, could project himself into and, and, and Shinji be this sort of proxy, which is common for a lot of, yeah. of shonen anime and just like even outside of shonen and other genres like 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 you know that's what harem anime is um it's just like unsuspecting yep. tenchi muyo motherfuckers yeah un- unsuspecting boy has all this attention from women but the thing is like i i think what ava does is try really really hard to make it clear shinji is not a proxy shinji is a traumatized teenager um and i think a lot of disconnect comes from people being like why isn't he just getting in the robot why isn't he uh why isn't he all the things that i would do in this situation or whatever and I, I, I think uh, Evangelion trips over that sometimes because it simultaneously is doing what other shonen anime would do while trying to make it clear who Shinji is and what Shin- like where Shinji is at. Yeah, I guess now that you put it that way, maybe I can read the scene more favorably because now that we're talking about it in that, from that approach, then it does seem like it's kind of a rejection of that stuff because like it, it, they're doing it. But like the kids, like no, I'm traumatized. Yeah, it's like, like it is and it isn't. Um, it's like it's like whenever I always I I I hate talking about satire on the internet because a lot of people um are like it's only satire if it punches up, you know. Like just um everyone's like talks about um Jonathan Swift or whatever, and it's like a lot of his yeah. satire sucks because all you're doing is representing the thing that you're making fun of. And without making it very clear that you're, you know, drawing attention that, that is a, a problem. Like, like if you can, mi- if someone that you're mocking can misread it and think, yeah, this guy's on our side. Like, you're fucking up. And I think it, it's it's harder to judge a, a series <laughs> like two episodes in on if it's effective because like you're you're mm-hmm. pacing a, a, a storyline, um, you're setting things up, and and, and like I to some extent, like obviously I've seen it and this is a rewatch. I, I do think they're uh, really selling Shinji's uncomfort and it makes me uncomfortable in the scene um, rather than think that it's just doing the thing. But I, I like that. That's why this conversation is interesting because you're like, I don't know. And then you're like, well, maybe I'm thinking about it differently now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I think, you know, to be determined yeah, because certainly. like yeah. I, I can, I can see the approach where it's like, he's like not like he's clearly not loving this but also i wonder if like while it does fit the actual character i wonder if it's then a a bonus for them of like well like he can just be a literal blank slate like he can just sit because he's not outright rejecting it like standing up and leaving or whatever he can just sit there and then people can like jump into his body and whatever you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. because like he's not like he's not like like drooling over like some like characters would but he's also not doing anything really so you can kind of just take it in however you want yeah yeah and that's the thing i'm wondering if it's um intentionally playing with both or if it's intentionally like i'm wondering if it's intentionally playing with both and then i'm also wondering if it's intentionally playing with both on purpose which sounds repetitive and what i mean without talking about the rest of the show i wonder if like it's meant to draw it like it's making it easy to project and then so it can point at how much of a problem that is uh, but I, again, like, like when I, when I'm, when I'm talking about like, oh, good satire does this or whatever. Um, yeah. I, what I'm, I'm just sort of talking about it in a vacuum and I'm not saying Evangelion 
ex- like exclusively does things right because uh, I don't want to say that. Um, but sort of like as I'm rewatching it, I'm just co- sort of like like that's some of the interpretation that I have of it. Whereas like as as a, like I could get down to the end of the this this rewatch podcast and be like, no, nah, I didn't nail it. Like I see what it's going for and it didn't nail it, or I don't think it nailed it now. At, at you know at this watch um as a, as an older person than when I watched it the first time but uh I, I i i super think shinji being uncomfortable um like is sold within uh these past two episodes together but like then it's kind of like oh well it's, it's it's like almost like fence sitting like oh well you're saying it's bad but you're also putting it there and it's like i don't know it's it's hard to really um like nail down is it good if it's done this way is it bad or what yeah it's uh you know apologies if we're talking in circles about it but i my brain is going in circles about mm-hmm. it uh it's it's a it's a hard thing to, to figure out because i am thinking too is like all right well if it were me and i were trying to present the idea of like taking that that um thing and kind of twisting it and being like yeah look how not cool this is like how would i show it in a way that is not could not also be read as mm-hmm. the thing itself yeah it's interesting but I'm sure this investigative report will continue as we as we move yeah, on. Yeah, and like um that's that's such a messy and complicated conversation to have too. And one, it's just us and our own interpretation of the media, um, and like just our own experiences that we've had. Uh but also just like the conversation of like, yeah, how do I represent this character going through trauma in in this way and you know also am i just showing traumatic things like that that's that's a conversation about media in general like that's not just evangelion it's a lot of media it's like i'm representing traumatic stuff because it's real and then you're like hey this show is problematic because it's showing this traumatic stuff and it's like it like that that in itself is a huge conversation of just like yeah it's very complicated yeah and again like we are just we are just we are just two people You at least went to a film school, though. I did, yeah. I do have the fancy piece of paper they talk yeah, about. Yeah, so therefore, everything that you say is, is true, right? About, about yeah. media? I would say it's law, in fact. Mm, okay, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Man, I should, I should yeah. go back to school. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, I can use my film degree to say Penguin Good. Y- uh, you know what? That, that is just objectively true. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... That... Speaking of the of the of the film background, I I did have a, a one more thing. I have a few things, more things, but like specifically, I'm in no rush. <laughs> and again, I'm gonna try not to compliment them on the same things every week because it looks like they're just gonna keep doing the same things well every episode. The show will keep looking good. Every frame of this show is filled with visual information, mm-hmm. and like to an impressive degree. So like I took down two separate notes about like even the detail of the cracked taillight on the back of Misato's car just adds so much character and personality. And like the world feels like every, all the spaces feel lived in Mm -hmm. and all the, like, you know what I'm saying? And like, then there's like, there's a scene later. I think it's later. Who fucking knows? Um, it's a scene when Gendo's talking to whoever. That's what it says in my notes. I don't completely don't know the details on some of this (laughs) stuff, but they're in a room and like, I'm just looking, they're talking and I'm just like, my eyes moving around the, the screen and I'm like, there's broken tiles in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like that just Oh, I do remember, I, so I do remember much, that like, scene. He's talking to I believe Ritsuki. Ye- Ritsuko? Ritsuko. That's it. I'm combining names in my head. 
I don't know. I once, once she's in more than like a collective thirty seconds, I might remember her name. Yeah. Um. I she's liter- still like swimmer, swimmer with an R name to me. Yeah. When she first popped up, I wrote the other one, Masato, and the other one, and then later yeah. she said it, so I wrote it down. Um. But now as I'm skimming my notes, I don't see it. But we, even though we just said it, I don't remember it. Uh. But yes, they're in a room together, and he's it like it's very clear like destroyed. Um. He's looking at a different Eva robot like another giant robot that's like frozen in place but like it looks like it shut down mid punching the wall mm-hmm. um i don't remember what they're talking about but yeah like that whole scene like is very clearly like dilapidated yeah there's like they they cut to another angle of the room and like this was like less like um you this know, happens in impressive like 30 whatever, seconds by like, the way this is just such a fucking dense show it's a very dense show, um, but like, yeah, they cut to it, and there's like, like the kind of like, there's like an aisleway that's like behind where they're talking, and it's littered with broken glass. Yeah, and that one's a little more obvious, so it's like, all right, well, now you're just like, that just makes sense that that would be there. But I really like liked that when the focus was on the conversation, I could then still look around the room and see mm-hmm. this is a real place with its own history, and like, uh, people exist here, and oh, like, well, the, the, they're in this like world any situation, so yeah, of course, like some. Some there'd be structural damage to the you know what I'm saying like it's just like like the attention to detail is just really nice. Environmental storytelling. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, this is um like it's we're having this conversation while watching like about how like how much you can soak in from a scene while watching a thing that we're reading subtitles for, which is kind of why like uh-huh. I'm kind of interested in the Netflix dub because I'm wondering if it will maintain the tone better than the uh. The, the the other english dub that everyone knows because that one is messy with the tone which it, it'll become clear as we continue this show evangelion already is kind of messy with its tone but i think when evangelion is doing like ah it, isn't it kind of weird that people are so casual in in these situa- situations i think that the dub really plays it as just like all right now it's a slapstick slice of life show this time <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like yeah. ma- maybe maybe that is like and and i and i'm i'm i i think to some extent it is a bit of just like that's how i view stuff differently in like because i'm picking up on differences in tone of english voices that i don't pick up the same way in in japanese voices yeah and like that's like you know an important thing to self reflect on <laughs> of like of, of the context of the language but even even without that like i remember i sent you like a a Twitter video that was like mm-hmm. just like a minute, two minutes montage of like some of the funnier moments of the English dub. Um, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking like I know the segments in which those things happen, and I'm just like wild. It's wild how some of that happened. The fucking the baloney pony line is iconic. Though. Yeah, what in the fuck? Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Um, sure will. I uh I just have a few more things if you'll in- indulge mm-hmm. me. Always. Uh, so, uh, they they there's a bit where Masato and Shinji are, are looking out over the city and like some yes, like I was gonna talk about this building has come up. I think we're gonna talk about it in very different ways because <laughs> my thing yeah. is she she's like here's the thing and it's gonna like these buildings or whatever like gonna protect uh against the angel or whatever. Joe, how the fuck are some skyscrapers gonna protect against that angel when we've seen what it can do? What is their thought process? Um, I think. I don't know if they're, uh, I, I think it'll be sort of unpacked more with time, um, because I think it's sort of like a dummy city to okay. fight in. Um, it, it's either that or 
what it goes underground to protect people like it's one or the other i don't remember okay i guess i guess with a show like this i really shouldn't be asking questions in terms of like how does this work because like it might be coming very soon yeah and for me it's like there are some details i just do not remember so like that is one of them where i'm like i i I know there's segments where like and this is not really a spoiler i think it's in the netflix trailer where like shinji's fighting something in the city and like uh like one of the buildings has like a weapon drop in it um, like, I think it's designed as a battlefield, but again, I'm like sort of like half remembering that. Um, but what I like about that scene, um, and I was going to bring it up when you were talking about something with Shinji. Uh, oh, you're talking about, no, no, no. You're talking about how the, the city felt really, really lived in, yeah. um, the, the places they were in. And then she goes to take him up to this thing and watch, um, new Tokyo three is what they call it. Uh, rising up out of the ground. Um, like these hatches open up and the buildings slide up and it's sort of like, uh, makes this skyline and his first thought is what a lonely city yeah Af- after like this is at the end of his day there was a couple other small clips that we didn't really talk about but like people like reacting to the angel attack um and it's it's much like that uh like escalator ride that we talked about for a long time in the last episode the, i really liked the scene where they were in um like a convenience store misato was like, oh, buying yeah. groceries or whatever and like uh, she's talking so to the cashier about things. so much. We've been talking for over an hour about a 25 minute episode <laughs> of an anime. Uh, it, but as they're talking about that um, and uh, they're just talking like very casually, like the way you would talk about like the actual terrors of our own world with a person that you don't know. Um, they're just talking about it so casually and Shinji is just sort of like silent. He's the center of the frame. But he's silent, and that, like these conversations are clearly surrounding him as he's like internalizing him. And a lot of this episode does a lot to solidify how lonely Shinji is. Like the the empty hospital, you don't see fucking anybody in that hospital. No, nope. It's it's super eerie. Like hospitals already kind of carry an eerie feeling in media often, but like they fucking really deliver in this because like the only people he sees is like Masato, Ray, and whoever's carting Ray around, and Gendo in the elevator. That's it. And it, but it's like they make the space feel large that he's in and he is small in it and he's alone. And also all the colors drain from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really selling that he's lonely. I thought the convenience store shot was a really good um, like addition to that. And then like ending it with him looking at the city that uh, she's talking about him protecting it or something or using it to, to save people. And he's like, sure fucking looks lonely. And um, and then following that up with with his. um complicated relationship with like uh home i think like this is your home now and he's like is it and like there's this long shot of like him hesitating to go over the threshold fucking show loves splitting frames in half with thresholds of doors uh-huh <laughs> um but yeah all of it kind of builds in this way that i think um is poignant yeah it's the kind of thing that um it says it says a lot with very little yeah and i didn't even necessarily pick up on it because there's, there's a, a like we, we've said, like, a million times in many, many different ways, there's just, like, a lot going on. And not only just in the way of, like, there's a lot physically drawn on this, the screen, but also just, yeah. like, there's different, like, kind of um, underlying things, like, moods going on, even in the same scene. Like, that's why we're so confused, I think, about the, the whether or not it's horny. Because, like, you could track yeah. Misato's mood during that scene, or you could track Shinji's. It's kind of hard to do both. It, 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 it's the thing. It's like Misato is being set up as this really complicated character. Shinji is being set up as this really complicated character. Also, 
the scene with them together is pulling from these tropes of sexualizing women in anime that we're very tired of and aware of. Uh, and whether it's a joke or intentional, they say, we'll give you fan service next time in the next episode. Like, there is so much to sort of think about at once. It, it, and regardless of like, oh yeah, like I'm really focused on how Shinji's uncomfortable and you're like, I'm really focused on Masato being over-friendly and, and sexualized in this scene. And that's weird. And it's like, both are true. And, and like the scene with both of those things going on is so visually dense, dense and thematically dense. And, uh, and that's just like, what, like a minute, minute and a half of the episode? Yeah, it goes pretty quick. There's a couple other things I would ask about, but just like some of them just might just might be another big conversation about stuff the same way that we got with the with those two in the apartment. There's one I can do real fast, and that's very important to me. Lay lay them all out, and they don't go anywhere. I can edit them out. <laughs> okay, uh, Shinji, and it's it's it's. I was happy, not like happy, like poor boy, but like I was, I was, it was good that they later showed him kind of like taking in the, the emotional extremes of what happened to him. But there is a moment Mm -hmm. after he gets out of the hospital and he's talking to them again, he's kind of reunited with whoever. And he just like seemed totally fine to me in a way that like didn't feel like he was. Is it when he's saying like, I'm better off alone or something or. That's the only scene I can think of where he smiled ever. It's just like he just responded really casually to to stuff they were saying to him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it felt weird to me. Like, I couldn't even really stretch and read it as like, oh, he's hiding how he's feeling. It just felt like he was just being casual. Like, he'd forgotten that he just had Mm -hmm. his arm ripped off by a robot base or by like a, a monster. Like... Yeah. And he'd gone through this whole thing. Like it was, it was like a thing. Like I, I know that you could, like you could, you could, if you wanted to, jump to the defense and be like, "Oh, well, like his trauma hasn't hit him yet." Which, like, I guess that one mm-hmm. is actually like pretty, like that yeah, one's like, viable. The way, it, but... the way it hits him at the end of the episode really feels like that's when it hits him. Um, because like I, I think the hard cut from the cockpit being extremely fucked up to him in the hospital is meant to be like, like the the way this is like perceived by him. Yeah, I thought so too. But even the rest of it, though, like, I feel like if I had a day where I showed up to my dad's office and they're like, mm-hmm. get in a robot. And I was like, no, they're like, get in the robot. I feel like I would still be pretty rattled for the rest, like, regardless of having to fight a monster in the suit or whatever. Yeah. It just like it, it just like it was one of the, the few things in the episode. I was kind of like, I don't know, like that that moment just like, it felt weird mm-hmm. to me. Um, but that's like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of things I could say to project and be like uh sometimes trauma be like that sometimes dissociation be like that there's the how much of that was real thing (laughs) setting in um but uh yeah i i think it's like fair it just took me out of it it just took me out of for a second Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i didn't i didn't notice anything like that so i'm wondering even specifically like uh i was just like yep that's shinji pretty much the whole time yeah um okay well then we're at the, the the last thing on my notes, which, like I said, I really, if nothing else, I needed to express this. I needed to get to this. In the in the teaser for next episode, they drop what, in, in a show full of bombs, Joe, on this poor kid's life, they drop the biggest one yet. Joe, he still goes to school? 
after all this with this this poor kid he has to do all this he's got a shitty dad he lives with a penguin he's fighting giant <laughs> monsters that rip his shit in half and he has to still go to school sure does wow life's not fair th- huh there wasn't enough trauma to unpack so now we have to put this kid in social environments he's still where got he cannot homework, interact with other Joe. people he's still gotta uh-huh. do math yeah what the fuck? I mean, yeah, like that's that, that also is like a very shonen thing too of like ah you have to you're you're a normal kid who goes to school uh and also after school you pilot a giant robot and save the world. Oh god, this one's just it's too far this time. Uh-huh. Give Shinji a break. Give Shinji a break. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I think I think we'll dig more into the school stuff next time obviously. But uh yeah, I I I love how much we have to say about this show after two fucking episodes. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. Yeah, uh, and I think, it, I don't I don't have anything else really, um, like written down to to dig into. I'm just kind of uh, like, I had well, one other thing, but I don't need to do it on the air. Oh God, <laughs> one one fear. <laughs> it's just uh. me being dumb, cause like like I said, like take it. It's a, it's a show where it's moving at a, at a breakneck pace. There's a lot going on. And then, like, I'm also trying to take notes and whatever. And so I just sometimes forget, like, important things of just, like, like who's Nerve? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all. Nerve is, uh, Nerve is just the name of the, like, bas- like organization, like, facility thing that they're in? So, like, his dad and the, and the color people. Like, the people that are, like, orange and green and red in the room. The, the boardroom, I, th- the board, I'm gonna say, is they're different. They're separate from that? Okay. Yeah, um... If my memory is serving they're like the right. they're like the stockholders that tell Norman Osborn has to go back to formula. The, yeah, yeah, okay. I, very much so. Yeah, um, you just gotta if, put it in terms I can understand. Joe. If my memory serves, and that board is is the the entity that I am thinking of, um, and not somehow separate, uh, then I'm gonna say yes to that. Uh, and yeah, so Ner- Nerve would be like just like that's who um, who owns Nerve. Because Gendo isn't, like, the top of it or anything, I don't think. Um, he's just, like, the leader of the, the EVA project and the instrumentality project. And then, all yeah, all the people in that facility are working for NERV. Or, they are NERV. What is NERV? Let me look what NERV stands for. A special organization that was put together to combat angels. Um, after an event called the Second Impact. Oh, no, so Gendo is the commander, according to this. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, it's kind of like... Uh, the way that Shinji is, talks about it in the first episode, I wasn't sure, uh, but that I guess that tracks if he doesn't uh, know. Um, I don't think it stands for anything. Okay. Well, I just figured it's the title of our show, so I should probably at least understand that, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, Seemed important. That's it? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just nerve, which is German for nerve. <laughs> Great. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there is there is much to 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 learn and unpack as we keep going as far as like the the organization structure and shit like that. I can't wait to study the bureaucracy of this fighting robot show. You're the thing is you're not joking. You say you say it as a joke, but you are in fact not joking. Oh, whether well, you know right. it or not. Well, here we go. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I think that's it for our discussion on this episode. I can't wait to talk about like some of the later episodes for like 3 hours. Like I, like I, I already know that's gonna happen. <laughs> I already feel guilty. It's just like <sighs> no, it's I. I'm here for it. 
I am okay. here for the long in-depth discussions of Evangelion frame by frame. Chris. Yep. Where could people find you on the internet if they wanted to follow you in some way? If they wanted to do that and help me recoup the loss of my beloved follower, Sports Equals Life, they could follow me. <laughs> <laughs> they could follow me at Toe for Disgrace. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe. Uh, this show is hosted on the Orange Ghost Podcast Network. You can find uh, other shows there. <laughs> you, can, you can find other programs there at theorangegoes.com and find ways to uh, how to support the network through Patreon uh, and get uh, cut content from shows that way and test pilots. Uh, there is an Orange Ghost Discord, though. Um, and there will be a channel for this uh, there to discuss the show. Just to, you know, as long as you're not spoiling stuff. For from a good bud Chris who rarely uses Discord anyway. I, yeah, I just won't look. <laughs> you can if someone says nice things about me, you can text me though. Yeah, you can talk to other listeners and you can talk to me. Uh, and uh, don't talk to me. Don't talk to Chris. Uh, you can try. He won't read it. Is the thing. <laughs> uh, he's I just live on Twitter. It. If you want me, that's where to find me. Yeah, don't spoil things for Chris on Twitter either. Oh God, please no. Hey, this is Joe editing, and just want to cut in real quick to say that the first two episodes of this show came out back to back on Thursdays, but it's going to go to being every other week. So we'll see you in two weeks for episode three, and then stay uh, every other week on Thursdays. And if you want to be like super cool, you can go and review us on iTunes because we don't say that in the plugs. But I think that's it. Uh, did we think of an outro for this show? Nope, sure didn't. Great. Uh, um, oh, I got it. I got it. Ready? And next time, we'll give you fan service. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris and I will give you fan service next time. <laughs> promise. And <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it a joke, just in case they're not. Welcome to They, Them, There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care and remember, nice gender.